Welcome back to another episode of Commission Impossible. Ryan, we took a week off. We we did we need it? I don't know if we needed it, but we did. Evidently we needed it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I I honestly don't know what we were doing. I mean the combine's this weekend. I mean we're recording during the combine right now, so Yes. Yeah, but we took a week off after <laughs> throwing out the uh the the nice one on one uh basics for setting up uh Dynasty League. Uh we're gonna get into some stuff again. Ryan and I. Ryan McDowell sitting across from me uh, through the computer screen, I guess. Uh, we've been commissioning for years and years and years and years and started a podcast to help other commissioners out. Uh, if you're new to the show, all the episodes are pretty evergreen and I'm writing descriptions to help with that. I uh, still get a ton of people that binge listen, which is amazing. Uh, what we do is go over listener questions, bad commission stories, interesting league ideas people have sent us. Uh, go over ideas that we've made up that have become super popular now. And uh, we answered every single email we get, but we are crazy behind Ryan. So we should do some of those this episode. What do you think? Let's knock them out. Let's do it. Uh, if you have a question, you can email us at commishpod at gmail.com. Let's get to the, let's get onto the show. Uh, Ryan, before we start with the, the questions, Twitter's been a buzz about oral trade agreements versus on-site trade agreements lately. Um, How do you feel on this subject? Is that, is that enough to uh, give you basically we're talking about someone who agrees to a trade with another team, but it's not done on the site versus uh, does, does that count as a trade? Should that be forced by a commissioner to go through? Well, first I think we should call them, verbal trade agreements maybe maybe that would be the better <laughs> verbal trade agreements sure maybe that's the better uh, yes, name like, for them. like something done in an email or a text message or a, a group chat or whatever um so i don't think the commission should force force those to go through no i, right. I don't i don't think the commissioner should um consider those binding nope uh, now I, I have seen examples where the maybe the trade was agreed to in some type of group chat where um, the entire league had you know had access to that. That's maybe a little bit of a different story. Maybe that falls under that judgment call situation. But uh, if I just hear from two owners or or more than likely one owner that um, that a, a trade has been agreed to in an email, a text. A, you know, a DM, whatever it might be, I'm not going to consider that binding until right. I see it come through the site. Yeah, for me, it, it, you know, for our our commissioner service, it's always it's always got to be through the site. Um, for your normal home leagues, I, I feel like you should put a rule in your bylaws to make sure you say no trade is final until it's done on the uh, gameplay site or whatever. You should probably have that in your rules, but even without it, I feel like it's it's got to be the site. <laughs> it's good. It, I will say as an owner, it's kind of crappy to go back on your word or have another person go back on your word. It's terrible. But as a commissioner, I have a I have a really tough time pushing a trade through that was agreed to outside of the site. I mean, you, you got to do the, you got to do the, you know, submit the, the trade proposal and then have the other guy accept it. The only, the only like, the only time where I think I might push a trade through is if let's say MFL is down for four days and people are agreeing to trades in that group chat with the entire league. Like you said, 
maybe that that gets a little you know a little more in the in the gray area for me but other than that yeah it's got to be on the site yeah I, I would agree with you though i think as an owner um once you agree to a trade no matter what the you know mode of communication i think you, you should follow through, you should follow through. Yep. yeah uh, the second thing I wanted to mention, is, just briefly touch on it, is that MFL rolled over, and I met with MFL, the MFL guys at FSTA, and I showed them a bunch of things that would make our lives easier as commissioners. Not just our lives easier, but uh, it's a good motivating factor when a guy like me, I have 500 leagues I have to run, so and all on MFL. So they they were very awesome about listening and. One of the things I, I mentioned, they've they've been put in several of them, actually. Uh, but one of the things I mentioned was having blind bidding money equal or serve as your auction dollars and uh, thus making them tradable in auction, which they accommodated. So now just uh, if you're listening, even if you don't have a bankroll league, if you have a bankroll league, cool. Uh, and you use blind bidding money in that way, great. If you don't have a bankroll league, Ryan's dog saying hello. Uh, (laughs) He's excited about this change as well. Nice. Even if you don't have a bankroll league, uh, you can do it. You, uh, as long as uh, you don't care about blind bidding money uh, or you uh, write down everybody's blind blind bidding money beforehand. What you do is you set the blind bidding money to the amount that you you have to auction with. Say it's a thousand dollars. You turn on, uh, the let me let me look up what the options are the the exact definitions are so that people uh, people know can look at uh, da, da, da. of course I'm somehow logged out of my league as I go to check it out <laughs> don't you don't you love when that happens that's ridiculous <laughs> I'm never logged out of my leagues and we're I was live say, that, on that the never air. happens that's ridiculous all right you go to general auction setup and charge winning bid amounts to blind bid balance starting auction funds available set to each current each franchise current blind bid balance and then the available auction funds are reduced by current option current auction bids only so what that does is if you have everybody set at a thousand for their blind bidding balance they will use that that's their starting auction funds. And when they win a bid, it'll be deducted from their blind bidding balance. Uh, it works perfectly. That that way you can trade blind bidding dollars outside of the auction. You can make trades of blind bidding dollars and that will be reflected in the auction. Um, it changes your starting auction funds. The one thing you must make sure to do is available auction funds are reduced by it has to be open auctions only because if it's open auctions and auctions you've already won, that's going to double charge you because every time you win an auction, it reduces your starting auction funds. So just be aware of that out there. If you want to do this for a bankroll league or a regular league, charge winning bids to blind bid balance, starting auction funds to set each franchise current blind bid balance and then available auction funds, open auction bids only. Uh, <clears throat> that way you can trade blind bid, you can trade your auction money during an auction. Um, 
I've done three auctions now with this and it worked perfectly every single time. Uh, if people, someone makes a trade for $15, uh, they get 15 more dollars added to their starting auction funds. The other guy gets reduced $15 and, uh, yeah, it works out perfectly. You can trade auction money during an auction now, which is, it is such, such, I used to, what I used to do, Ryan, was give people like twice as much money, you know, and say, hey, don't go over all, I will check at the end. Now I don't have to do any of that. It's so amazing. I know you don't have much to say on this, but um, it's, it's such a relief to me to be able to finally trade auction money. Yeah, so... I haven't I haven't done any auctions with this change yet, so I, I don't have uh, I don't have any experience on that yet. What I would do in my auctions, you said you just gave your owners extra money and uh, held them accountable. I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're working with a different group of owners, but I just anytime a trade was made, I manually adjusted the balances. I and, did that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and obviously that. Um, that was no fun, right? If we, if I'm going out on a, uh, out with the family on Saturday or something like that, and I'm, I'm toting the computer along just in case somebody makes a trade. Those, those are the kind of things that have happened in the past few years. Um, I'm hopeful that this will eliminate that, that the, uh, the owners will be able to trade and, uh, uh, you know, move those, move those dollars around on their own. I mean, in, in my leagues, we use lots of pools of money, including yeah. blind bidding money, uh, rookie auction, Devi auction, free agent auction, and so on. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant about yeah. using blind bid money and calling that auction money. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. I have to be honest. Yeah. If, if you're going to do that, basically, if, if people have their blind bidding money throughout all those auctions, I think basically what you'd have to do is, you know, copy down what everybody's blind bid balance is before that auction. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then, you know, set the blind bid balance to what they have for the auction and then reset it afterwards. But that might be more work than what you already do. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah. All I know is this uh, for, for your normal league where it's, it's such a lifesaver to just be able to finally trade money. And for bankroll leagues, it's an unbelievable lifesaver because our bankroll is our blind bid balance. So now I don't have to touch it, you know? Right. So for, for bankroll leagues, it, it is this monumental time saver. Um, but yeah, re- remember it only charge open bids open only <laughs> open or open auctions only because otherwise you'll get double charged uh let's move on we got to get to some questions that was way too much time on that kind of stuff <laughs> um sean mcgranahan i want to see where this guy's oh he doesn't have it uh, come on sean ah uh, well he maybe this is a story i don't even know if this is a question was in a fairly standard home league that we decided to switch to a keeper league to make it more interesting. The league was basically a family league with the commission as cousins and then some friends uh, of those people that bylaws that were sent out by email beginning of the season. After the season, I was really trying to figure out what to do with my roster. Looked at the waiver wire to see if anyone who could possibly be a lottery ticket, like we all do. Um, 
made several ad drops. Kamish sees this a couple weeks later and says, I cannot keep the players I added because the ad drops ended at the end of the playoffs. He said they originally made the rule in August before we drafted, but forgot to put it in the rules. <laughs> hmm. mm. Then he convenient. Yeah. Then he said he also talked about it with his family who were in the league at their Christmas party. Uh, I said it was pretty unfair to enforce a rule that wasn't in the bylaws or even told to basically the entire league, just part of the league, his family. Um, and if he had known it was the rule, he would have changed his waiver strategy in the playoffs. Obviously he said it was in the best interest of the league. Oh, kind of throwing it, trying to go in after the commission clause. <laughs> but honestly, if you use a best interest of the league commission clause, you have to notify the entire league. If you make a change, as a commissioner, always notify the entire league of any changes. That's like, that's like, that's what's before Dynasty 101, teacher guy. Like, what goes before the 101 in the syllabus? Because that, that's like, that's like, I don't know. That's, yeah, that, that's I guess ba- that's, that's basic level. Yeah, that's basic. <laughs> notify everyone. Uh, so I left the league. The story does have a happy ending for me. The commission, I rehashed this debate over social media. Several random people jumped in to defend my position. It was cathartic to hear the commission squirm while others called him a bad commission. Ultimately, the random people ended up inviting me to a dynasty league two years ago, and I haven't looked back since. Dynasty is the best. So that was a bad commission story. We never know what we're going to get because we do not pre-read these. <laughs> they, they snuck one in on us. <laughs> they snuck, snuck a bad commission story in, and I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Sean McGranahan from Parts Unknown. <laughs> Clearly well, from Boston. Definitely Boston. Boston. It's from Boston. I should have read it with an accent that I don't have. <laughs> Ryan, you want to you wanna jump on the next one? Yes, yes, yes. We, our next question comes from Matt from the Nasty. I don't know. The Nasty, I guess that's mid-Michigan. I didn't know that was the Nasty. That's up, up closer to you. Do you consider that the Nasty? I don't know. I guess I don't know. I've, I don't believe I've ever been to Michigan, which is interesting i've been all around these midwest areas but not i don't think i've been to michigan all right matt says love the podcast very binge worthy thanks we like scott said we we hear that a lot (laughs) a lot it's Uh, great he says i've been running redraft leagues since the usa today paper days that's also like scott uh my first year starting to commission dynasty leagues your podcast has helped greatly i have have a possible idea for an original big play idp dynasty league Instead of drafting rookies in the rookie draft, uh, you pick individual NFL draft picks. The worst team in the league of the 2018 season may want to draft Buffalo's first-round pick of the 2019 draft and so on. Can you see any possible problems with a a format like this? Uh, Well, I guess the problem would be what happens when the Buffalo Bills select an offensive lineman? Yeah, I think Uh, think that's the problem, yeah. um, You know, we, we saw the Raiders what 20 years ago select Sebastian Janikowski in the first round. Yeah. That, that would be a bummer. Um, Do you, so are you drafting all seven rounds? Because I mean, there's, there's generally what, like 12, 13 skill guys in the first round, something like that. 14, maybe at right. tops. Uh, well, well, Matt's talking an IDP league. So clearly, Oh yeah. So those matter too. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah. the, the majority of, you know, maybe, Two thirds, at least, yeah. of, of picks in a typical round are are going to be, 
either IDP players or offensive yeah. skill players. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, I, I wonder that as well. Are you, are you drafting? I'm. You only do this for the first round, and then you have a real draft after. I'm assuming like a real rookie draft. After. I mean, it's interesting. I, I don't really see any pitfalls. It's just kind of one of those things that's like a, I guess it would add a lot of, uh, a lot of fun to watching that Thursday night draft. It that's would. Sure. I guess the other pitfall that comes to mind is in Matt's example, the Buffalo bills first round pick, what happens when they trade that first round pick? Um, right. So a lot of times we'll see pick swaps, yeah, what about teams with multiple? Yeah, exactly. Right, teams with multiple picks, or if the Buffalo Bills trade that pick for, um, you know, for a veteran player, and and then they don't have a first round pick. So yeah. it, it it's definitely an interesting idea. Uh, I'm I'm always up for hearing ideas like this. I just I don't know. I think you'd have to lay a lot of uh, a lot of rules, rules in yeah. right a lot of rules in the background um, to ensure against some of the things we've talked about. Yeah, man, that would, it would be really rough, not just with the O-line drafting, but I mean, what if you're really sad at quarterback and you, you draft a team that you didn't think needed a quarterback and then like, and then all of a sudden they drafted a quarterback, you know, like, uh, like when the pack, this is way back, but like when the Packers had Brett Favre, you probably didn't think that they were going to take Aaron Rodgers at 22 or 23 or whatever. You know, and that I can, it's, it's rough. It's a rough, interesting, you're going to have to lay a lot of rules. I, I think it's interesting. I, I don't think I'd want to play it, but I, I get it. You'd probably have to have a rookie draft after though. Like yes. you'd have to, you do that one round and that'd be for fun. And then you you'd go to the next round. But I, I also don't think, I think with all the first rounders being, a majority of the really good players, I don't think you're truly helping the bad teams in the league either with this format. You know, I, I think it's so much more luck based. Well, and there's, there's, there would be the balance too of, do I want to pick the teams that I think are going to um, have high draft picks because, you know, ideally they're going to draft better players mm-hmm. or do I draft teams that I trust more? Right. Do you, do you draft the Patriots or do you draft the Raiders, right? The, the Raiders are going to have the higher pick, but do we really trust the Raiders? Do we really want their, their draft picks? Or are you happy with the Patriots typically solid drafting, even though it might be later in the round? Right. Yeah. Ah, it's interesting. Which, that could be a fun piece to it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Scott, that was, uh, who was that? Matt from nasty Matt. Michigan. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah. There, there's some, there's some stuff to chew on there. Scott and Ryan, this is from Zach in Cincinnati. Scott and Ryan. First off, I want to say, I enjoy all the work you guys put into the dynasty community. Ryan far more than me. Um, that was my ad been following. Wow. Listening. I thought, I thought that was from him. <laughs> I thought that was a little bit of a call out from Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Been following, listening, and enjoy the pods you guys do. Must save the bull rush is a must listen for me when we do it biannually. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to do another one of those soon. Anyway, my question as it pertains to this podcast is the use of a supplemental draft. My league I commission is going into our sixth season, and I've used a format I found on Twitter years ago. Our league is twelve team. One QB, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, one tight end, one kicker, one defense, 22 roster spots. A little shallow, but um, 
That's cool. That's cool. Uh, QBs, running backs, wide receivers, top 10 finish gets that team a pick at the end of the first. Wow. So I'm, I'm just trying to mentally do this as I, as I read, but wouldn't that be 10 extra picks at the end of the first? Um, at least unless I'm misreading something. Well, I mean, 30, it'd be 10 per position. That'd be 30 extra picks at the end of the first. Yes, I think so. And there's, there's more coming. Maybe I I feel like we're missing something here. Tight ends, a top five finish gets that team a pick at the end of the first. So that's five more. So we're adding 35 picks after the first round. I've got to be missing something here, but the way I read it, I don't, I'm, I'm confused. Is that how you're reading it? That is how I'm reading it. Yes. Yeah. But I, I do feel like we, we have to be, there's, there's no way he's adding 35 picks at the end of the first round of a rookie draft. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're, I might have to contact him and ask him to clear that up and I might edit this, but he also wants to get a recommendation on tanking has have had, I have had an owner intentionally tank the past two seasons and end up with one one both years traded last season and is now in line for Saquon. This is obviously from August. Uh, I guess I'd be more all right with it if his team wasn't loaded and kept teams that actually have nothing get better. Some bench players he has are he, he lists some players. He's on the fence with the tanking stuff. Uh, what what advice do we give him? Potential points. Yeah, potential points. I think we've we've talked about that quite a bit on here, and I think the. I don't necessarily consider myself a proponent of it in general, but the more we talk about it, the more I kind of come around on it. I I will. I'm the same. Like Nathan Powell had me, I was immediately on the fence and then I was still on the fence, even with talking to Nathan Powell, but it at least led me to see both sides of it. But with our, with uh, safe leagues and, and and whatnot, I've, I've kind of come to the side of being a proponent of it. It it really does help anti-tanking. Like people don't, uh, people aren't, you know, purposely trying to tank anymore. It's, um, God, that's usually my first recommendation. Nathan's going to throw something at me, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, whew, yeah, <laughs> you know me, I, it's, it's weird because I allow tanking in some of my leagues and then the commissioner service, I have potential points curbing that tanking. Um, I mean, if you have intentionally, it sounds like he allows intentionally tanking because he said he has had an owner intentionally tank the past two seasons. If he's the commish and he saw the intentional tanking and he allowed it, that means he allows it, you know? And, and I don't think he should be, if he, if he has a league that allows it, I, I don't think he should be so upset about this guy doing it. Right. Right. I agree. And, um, again, he mentions he wants owners to run their teams the same way or or the way they want. It really comes down to what's in the rules already. Is there a tanking rule in, in the rule set rule book? And I feel like he allows it just based on this. Right. I agree. Yeah. I, I, if you allow it, you allow it. I don't know. There's any way to, I don't think it hurts the integrity of the league. I, I just think that, yeah, you're right. It doesn't help the bad teams get better 
when this guy's doing that, but the bad team is probably still getting pick two or pick three, probably, you know? So, right. It's, it's rough. It's rough. But if you're going to allow tanking, this stuff is going to happen. If you're not going to allow tanking, then, you know, by potential points or by just, you know, uh, hand checking people, you know, <laughs> then, then you can, you can avoid it with uh, fixing people's lineups due to anti-tanking rules. But yeah, I think this guy's just kind of stuck. That's the way it is. If you're going to allow tanking, this is going to happen and people are going to get Saquon Barkley's. Uh, is this next one me? I think it's my turn. We, do, we weren't we much it. help for Zach in Cincinnati. but We weren't. We yeah. were not. I Especially. definitely want to hear – I want to hear more about that supplemental draft, though. Yes, I'm either think? very conf- confused or I'm interested. I yes, just, yeah. If you yeah. if you finish in the top ten at those positions, I mean that's thirty play. Yeah, that's crazy. Thirty five picks. Yeah. All right, we've we've got a celebrity next. This one's from Ernest Hemingway in Havana, Cuba. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. Weird. We're big time. Realize right? he was still around. Um, <laughs> Hey guys, big fan of the podcast and the work you do in uh, or to advance fantasy football. Thank you, Ernest. Uh, My question is about removing our commissioner as commish from the dynasty league, but not from the league as an owner. Ooh, that's going to go over well. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Um, So his questions are one, does this work? Have you guys experienced horror shows where it went bad somehow? And two, I was going to suggest our league establish a three-year commissioner term as a solution moving forward. Commissioners can be oh, elected. Great idea. He's right. doing our work for us. Yeah, I love, I love that idea. Commissioners can be elected to multiple terms, but it gives us an out if someone stops doing the work. It gives them an out if they don't want to do it anymore. Uh, so to answer the first question, I would say it could, <clears throat> it could definitely get ugly if the commissioner is, is not supportive of this. If the commissioner wants to keep, uh, keep that role, then it probably will get ugly. And I can't imagine ousting the commissioner, but asking him to stay in the league if it's not, um, agreed to by both sides. Yeah. Uh, same. And also how many people do you have on your side with this decision? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, is this, is this three of you that don't like the commissioner and it's like it's a mutiny or is it most of the league? Because if it's most of the league, I think that an email thread of civil, decent civil conversation could happen. And uh, it would probably the best way to start it would be to have a different guy in the league who wants to be the commish started out saying this guy wants to be the commish or wants to commission this league for a bit can we try out this three-year thing uh but if it's only a couple of you oof, good luck with that and then if the other if the current commission doesn't want to not be the commission that's oof. yeah you're you're in you could very very well be in for a rough situation but I, I think the way to go about it is hopefully have most of the league on board and hopefully have a guy that a specific guy that wants to step into that role to to kind of broach that hey this guy wants to be in this role. Can we maybe do, you know, two years, three year terms for commissioners and, and like vote for our commit or even yearly vote for our commissioner each year or the champion gets to be the commissioner or we take a vote, you know, kind of situation. Um, that's probably the route to go. Uh. Yeah, I do. I do really like his, 
commissioner term solution though. Um, we kind of use that in my home league, which is just a, a, a friends league that there's one or two or three people who just kind of take turns running the league. And um, it, it, you know, in the end we all kind of agree with changes or uh, whatever, whatever is kind of on the business end of, of running the league, but basically one person uh, kind of takes turns setting up the site and, and things like that. Yeah. I like it. I like that. Um, oh man. Yeah. It, it could be very like, I would, I would be impre- I think you have about a 15% chance at best of this working out very well. Um, <laughs> oh, there's more detail here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice that. Do you want to mention the more detail or, uh, or yeah, does it not matter? I well, mean, if- he, he just goes into, into detail about some of the issues, mostly a lack of communication between the commissioner and the rest of the league, which can definitely, definitely be an issue. What was communication Uh, like our number one or number two thing in the last episode? uh, Exactly. I was going to say that was very high on our list in the uh, commission 101 episode. So if you're not communicating with your league, if you're not um, handling things in a timely manner, then there are going to be problems. So, it kind of sounds like as I read the the further details that maybe maybe this guy would be open to not running the league anymore. It seems like maybe it's a burden for him. Yeah, it 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 could be. It could be. So maybe I'll up that percentage to thirty percent. <laughs> um, yeah, I I hope I hope a lot of the league is on board and and yeah it, it feels like it feels like this is one of those situations where it might be able to work out um all right let's uh let's jump up to eric miller also did not tell us where he's from these these are mostly from uh in season that we didn't get to but we like to answer every question um do, do, let's see here eric miller just found the podcast and binged some episodes we never hear that ryan and- weird. very weird <laughs> Very weird. And as a newly minted commissioner, I love it. Thank you, Eric. I became a commissioner because I couldn't find a league that's with the setup I wanted. College football dynasty. Mm. It's kind of the wild west of fantasy football. Yes, it's very awesome. Although hopefully Yahoo adding CFF will spike that popularity a bit. Yeah, there are some bite sites you can play on. I, I believe Athlon still does it. I believe uh, Fantrax has. Maybe not. I don't remember. I um, think so. Yeah, there's there's places that have it. I've attached a rules doc uh, for the league, and I if you want to see how I set it up, probably the most interesting uh, rule I put in place is due to graduation is that you can't trade seniors after week four. I guess that makes sense. And you can't cut seniors after week four unless you're picking up a senior. Um, I don't I don't know that either that's necessary, but I I get I mean. Yeah, I mean, if it's a senior that's scoring points and someone you know wants to play for right now, I don't see the I don't see the issue with either. I I don't think you need those rules, but I I can see I can see having them too. Uh, we just finished the inaugural draft. Nothing's exploded. Also, kind of a general question. I've done a few startups over the last couple of years and noticed two types of league formation. In some, the commissioner comes up with the rules and then recruits owners. In the others, the commissioner has a loose framework that is dynasty, whether it's or not it's idp salary cap whatever but let's the owners come up with the, the and vote on the rest of the rules that's how your first league came about ryan it is it is and and mm-hmm. basically what um 
what Eric is saying here is what I have said for years. When you're starting a new league, you have two real options. You either come up with a league and then you recruit or you get your, you get your group of owners together and kind of um, make some decisions together. And I think either can work uh, depending on the, the goal of the league. I know Scott, for us with a lot of our, uh, a lot of our leagues that have kind of unique rules, we certainly form the league uh, first, form the league first. We, we write a rules document first. We do all of those things. And then we find owners that are interested in playing in that format. Right. And I have quoted you and given you credit on various podcasts for that. Uh, the way you phrase that about, you know, do the rules first or find the owners first. Uh, you got to do one of the two. Um, the, basically where Eric was going uh, is, have we done any leagues with either of these two methods and did they fail? Did they succeed? Which we kind of just went over. And I think both can succeed. Um, he does mention that he pre-wrote these rules and it seemed like uh, it was quicker. It, it didn't discussions and stuff didn't stretch out. They were able to just get going, which obviously is going to be true, uh, but both can succeed. Absolutely. Both can succeed. Right. Right. When Ryan says that you, you really need to listen to it. Cause that, that should have been on our dynasty one oh one. really that state, that, that statement. Don't you think Ryan? Yeah, that, that is pretty important. I do think, Either can succeed. I, I think it kind of comes down to um, the experience of the commissioner. Yeah. I, when I was starting my first dynasty league, the hyperactive league in 2000 and I don't know, five or something like that. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I had some ideas in mind, but I was uh, certainly open to uh, others opinions and that first year or two, we essentially voted on everything. I would, I would not do that today, um, but I, I think it's okay, in you know, for, for new commissioners to do, to run it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next one. Oh no, it's your turn, Ryan. My turn. My turn. <laughs> yes. This is David Hill. David doesn't who also doesn't either. Where do you think? Boise. Know. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. I like it. <laughs> David said, hi, guys. Love the show. Listen to every episode. Thank you, David. I have a question that every commissioner would like to know the answer to, unless they already have a process. I do not. I run several dynasty and redraft, redraft leagues. For the most part, I've been lucky to find good owners by filling leagues during May and June. The people that are active during that time tend to be more committed to fantasy football. I agree 100% with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you had any suggestions or a process that you use to vet and ensure an owner is going to be as active as possible. Scott, what do you do with that? Uh, well, I, I feel like we've gone over this several times, but uh, basically wherever you're trying to find them, whether it be social media or forums or whatever, you can easily check out what they've been doing on Twitter and the forums to see how active they are, they are, how much they talk about dynasty, etc., And that gives you a pretty good estimation of how good, how good an owner can be. And especially with Twitter, completely ignore the follow follower count personally, just look at their tweets and see if, if they're tweeting every day or every other day, and it's, they're trying to interact with other fantasy football people. That's what it's all about. I, I recently, 
you know, filled up orphans for pigs, the three pigs leagues. And it's not a league I have trouble filling orphans for. I just send out a tweet and get a bus, bunch of messages. It's one of the lucky things that we have, Ryan. But uh, uh, several of the people on there, I did not know, but I looked through their their Twitter accounts and I was like, wow, these guys are really, really, really interested in uh, like dynasty is their thing. Uh, I brought a, I, I mentioned this on Twitter just the other day. I brought a, a girl named Ashley um, who I had never known before into the, into pigs one. Um, she shot me a DM. She said she was interested. I looked at her timeline. She, she's always talking about football and stuff. And she is unbelievably active trade happy. And just, she's a hell of an owner. Like the auctions, she was bidding all over the place, trading while bidding. Like if you see that they're super active on social media or in the forums where you're looking DLF forums or wherever, it's generally going to translate to your league. I feel like that. I feel like that translates. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I mean, at this point, this is, obvious there's such a such a digital footprint for all of us out there whether it's twitter or um you know message boards like football guys or dlf or something or um other other mfl leagues i think it's pretty easy to find the leagues that a certain owner or a certain uh player is in if you have their email address i believe so it's pretty easy to to, to vet those owners and see if they are indeed going to be active. Yeah. That's, that, that's the main thing is, is check the other where where you're looking for them. See if they're also active in regards to football um, on whatever platform you're searching for them. And if they're, if they seem very active on that platform, they're probably going to be active in your league. Um and I totally agree with him on if you're looking in May and June and they're super active, then that's generally going to be a good owner. Ryan, I think that's going to be it. I think you got to go. You have a conference call. I have some combine to watch and some work to do. Um, we have new new leagues opening up at safeleagues.com and we have lots of orphans as well. We just acquired a, another commissioner service, which will roll into safe leagues as well, but we have lots of orphans. So go to safeleagues.com you want to pick up an orphan or jump into a new league uh ryan we're done here you got anything else to say before we go i don't i'm just uh i'm i'm ready to watch these kids run and yeah lift and jump and and get the measurements all that it's it's a good time of year for us it's very awesome very awesome hopefully we will be back to weekly now um i i think uh i think we can figure it out maybe so uh thanks for listening Ryan is RyanMC23 on Twitter. I am ScottFish24 on Twitter. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Uh